Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. And thanks for joining me tonight if you're going to be joining live. Uh, Very excited for the movie I'm going to be reviewing this evening. It is going to be the 1987 film broadcast news written and directed by James L. Brooks. I'll get into the film review in a moment. But of course, as always, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Again, you are listening or watching the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. This is a movie podcast. I am a lover of movies. I have loved films since I was a child and I continue to love them to this day. I love discussing movies and hopefully turning you on to some movies that maybe you have not seen. Hopefully the one tonight will be one uh, that you'll be turned on into watching. Uh, Hopefully I can do a great job of describing my fondness for this film and why I like it so much. So again, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. So you can find it on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, and Podbean. It's also available on many other podcasters, but the ones I've listed are the ones that the show is officially on. So feel free to uh, check it out there. If you like to watch this either live video or the videos later on, they'll be available for you to view on the Facebook channel for the podcast, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear. You can subscribe and follow the YouTube channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. And uh, those two places you can find it. If you happen to be on Twitch, uh, when I go live like I am right now, you'll be able to see the show on Twitch as well. The handle there is Bend Your Ear Pod. And it is also live on the show's Twitter page, which is also at Bend Your Ear Pod. So you can watch the live videos there or you can watch the videos later on Twitter. I have them usually liked on my profile there. Uh, So if you go to my likes, you should be able to see most of the videos I've done over the last few weeks, over the last few episodes of reviews. So again, you can find it there as well. If you don't use a podcasting app, you can always go to the show's website. I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, Every episode from the beginning is available there for download. Uh, The website is letmebendyourear.com. So like I said, you can download every single episode there uh, if you uh, do not use a podcasting app. Now, if you do listen to the show, I want to thank you for being a regular listener. Uh, What you can do if you want to help the show grow, which is always the ultimate goal for me, is to have the show reach a wider audience so I can engage with more people that like movies and obviously get more people to check out the podcast. If you do listen specifically on Google Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you use, you do have the ability to rate and review. So if you can rate it five stars, if you really like it and review it, the reason that this is very important and an easy way to help the show out is the more ratings and review a show receives, um, the higher the show will show up in search engine. So if somebody's looking for a new movie podcast, they're out of the ones they're listening to or they don't have any new episodes uh, and they search for it, the more ratings and review the show can get or any show can get, the higher in the search results it'll it'll come. So if you can do that, that'd be fantastic. The other thing you could do that's really simple, uh, I do interact a lot on Twitter. If you do see my posts for new episodes or even just general posts that I post on the podcast Twitter feed, if you can share those, retweet those, like those, that'd be really great. And that would really help the show out as well. It's another easy way uh, for the show to find new listeners. So obviously me being an independent podcaster, not a, not a big podcasting name. Uh, the, the really the two biggest ways for me to grow the show is through social media and f- people like you that listen and watch uh, sharing the show, telling your friends about it. So if you can do that, I would really appreciate it. So again, the 
website for the show is letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show with suggestions on movies you'd like me to review and talk about, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com is the email. So again, tonight I'm going to be talking about the 1987 James L. Brooks film, broadcast news one other little tidbit that i noticed today before i came on the air i know if you've listened to this podcast on any regular basis you know i've i've commented on the lack of uh dramas for adults and what i mean by that is uh when i grew up in the specifically in the 80s when i was really becoming of age as a movie fan and a movie film buff uh there was a lot of dramas that you could see uh that were r-rated dramas that were adult oriented in the sense that they told adult stories in the sense it wasn't a either a superhero film or a comic book film or a sequel which i have no problem with any of those if they're executed right it's just there's really a dearth of um of dramas uh that really can kind of squeeze through the marketplace and when i think of the 80s or excuse me the 90s you know there was a lot of great dramas uh you know like uh presumed innocent with harrison ford or or uh, movies that were geared towards adults. So if you go in, even into the early eighties, either you have the verdict with Paul Newman, the Sidney Lumet film, uh, a lot of films that were, that told grown up stories for grown ups, And it was aimed at a, I guess you could probably say older audience. And the reason I bring this up specifically tonight is I was reading an article today regarding the last duel. So this is a new film directed by Ridley Scott. So this has gotten somewhat of uh, a lot of buzz. The biggest thing is because it stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Adam Driver, and the more specific story is that this is the first screenplay that uh, Damon and Affleck have co-written since Goodwill Hunting. So it was kind of making a big deal about that, and it's about, I guess, apparently the last duel in, I think it's in France, if I, I write, right? I've read a couple of reviews. I've read some fair to good reviews. Look, I'm a big fan of Ridley Scott. Obviously, he's a, he's a great director. You know, Alien, Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, uh, wasn't a big fan of Prometheus, actually, but um, he's made some very, very good movies. Blade Runner. So, obviously, uh, any Ridley Scott film is anticipated. And it opened this past weekend uh, up against Halloween Kills. And uh, it only made $4.8 million at the box office, which is very disappointing. And I know there's several reasons for it. I know one of them being that a lot of the country is still hesitant to go back to the movies uh, you know, due to COVID or restrictions, or just for whatever reason, uh, the the cinemas have not come all the way back. Now, there's some films that have broken through and done really well. And again, which is supporting the issue of why I think these dramas like The Last Duel are struggling to find either an audience or, unfortunately, are going to get made uh, for the theaters are really going to be stuff that's going to be probably going to the streaming services. And, and like I said, I do have a level of frustration about it. I, I get both sides of it because at the end of the day, it's a business. And if movies like The Last Duel underperform, then it's going to make these companies hesitant to put down the money that it's going to take to create kind of these dramas and uh, put them out for the theaters. Like I said, I think what's going to happen, unfortunately, and it's already been happening, is if you're looking for uh, kind of storytelling uh, with adult themes in it, that's like I said, that's not a superhero or a sequel or a temple feature is going to be found on the streaming services. I mean, we've already seen uh, that trend uh, happened for the last couple of years, you know, films like the Irishman, uh, for Netflix, also Roma for Netflix. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, George Clooney's last film was on Netflix as well. So that, that's what you're really going to start seeing. And again, 
you know, I, I can see a movie there. It helps me. Like I said, I don't get to go to the movies as much as I used to because of, 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 of having two small children. So I kind of, kind of really eats into my time of going to the theater. Uh, so it's been beneficial to me, but I don't really want to see these movies kind of go by the wayside in the theater because the theater is still the best place to watch movies, in my opinion, uh, being the movie buff that I am, I'd rather watch them in the theater. But again, I just wanted to comment on that a little bit because I just I just saw that the last duel didn't do that well. And that's unfortunate because, like I said, I think it makes it harder uh, for other films of this type to to find a place in the multiplexes when, you know, you have Marvel movies or DC movies or Fast and Furious or all these big kind of franchise movies that kind of take over the multiplexes that they, as they do now. But again, uh, hopefully that'll change and some movie will break through and, and go through that. So. Uh, if you're watching live now, thank you for doing so. I have already put the link in the window here so you can see it here on the screen. If at any time you want to join the show, I'm only going to mention it once this time. I won't go revisit it. We'll just go right into the show. Uh, if you want to join, just click on the link that's right there. You can copy and paste it into your browser. Uh, again, it's super easy to come on. You don't need anything other than a web browser. You click that link into the browser. You you uh, click on it. I'll I'll know that you're there. And uh, I will uh, introduce you and bring you on. And we can do it one of three ways. We can do it uh, with video and audio, if you'd like, or just audio, if you're not comfortable coming on the video with me, or if you want to uh, put a question in the chat, if you don't want to do audio or video, you can put a question in the chat. I'll, I've got the chat window open here, so I'll see your question as well. And if you want to ask me a question, if you want to discuss the movie I'm going to review, or if you want to discuss anything about movies at all. So if you do chat me a question or come on live with me, we can discuss the movie that I'm reviewing or it's really open form if you want to talk about anything else. So again, I encourage you to come on. The link will be on the entire time this episode is airing. So I won't mention it again. So you'll see the link there. If you want to join, please feel free uh, to do so. I would appreciate it and would welcome you to come on. All right. So let's get into the review. So today I am going to be reviewing broadcast news. Now, this film was written and directed by James L. Brooks. If you're somewhat of a movie fan, if you're a hardcore movie fan, you know who he is, or actually even a hardcore television fan. If not, uh, let me give you a little background. So James L. Brooks is a writer, director. He made his start in television in the late 60s and into the 70s. And you may not know his name, but I can guarantee you, if you are a fan of television, you do know his work. Uh, he created, co-created, and wrote the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which, of course, was one of the standout hit shows of the 1970s. I think it ran for seven seasons, I believe. Uh, obviously, uh, classic comedy with, with Mary Tyler Moore and Gavin McLeod, Ted Knight, uh, Betty White, uh, um, Valerie Harper's Rhoda, Cloris Leachman. Uh, just a great, great show, hilarious show, ensemble comedy, and... He also co-created and wrote one of my favorite shows of the late 70s and early 80s. So when I started watching TV, which was Taxi. So Taxi, of course, starred Judd Hirsch, Mary Lou Henner, Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd, Andy Kaufman for a short period of time. And, of course, the breakthrough role for Danny DeVito uh, on that show, which was a fantastic comedy. And as you go through his career, and I'll stick with television before we get into his film career with James L. Brooks. He went on to become an executive producer on The Simpsons, which, of course, has now been on past 30 seasons. Uh, so he's been involved in that. So as he was working in television, he segued into 
uh, features and his first film, and I will review this movie on another episode, was in 1983, the film Terms of Endearment, which won multiple Oscars. It starred Deborah Winger, Shirley MacLaine, Jack Nicholson, and Jeff Daniels in one of his early roles. Uh, a phenomenal uh, movie. And uh, I won't tell you so much about that. I'll definitely review that on another episode. But that was his first movie and was uh, was critically acclaimed and came out. And he came out as a director as Gangbusters. So Broadcast News came out four years later in 1987. So it was his second feature that he wrote and directed. So Broadcast News stars Holly Hunter, Albert Brooks, and William Hurt. So this film is set in the world of national network news. So um, let me just pull up the cast list here because I want to make sure I get their names correct. Uh, I actually have it here. So uh, my free plug, and I'm going to put it up here. You can see it. I purchased the Criterion version of this. I've been waiting for this to become available again. Um, and this is my plug for Criterion. If you are a serious movie collector, you, you already know about Criterion. But if you're a person that's looking into collecting tangible movies, I know we live in an age of digital. And I have a lot of digital films as well. What I've decided to do for myself anyway is I don't really buy a lot of DVDs anymore. But I do buy the Blu-ray Criterions of certain films that either... I want to have or that I love or classic movies that may come in or out of licensing for digital. And this is definitely one of them. So the great thing about Criterion, if you're not familiar with it, um, they come, the the quality of the transfer of the film is phenomenal. So obviously this film came out in 1987. So it looks great. It sounds great. There's great, um, there's a great booklet that comes with it that, uh, you know, usually has a film critic or an author write an essay about the movie um, that you purchased, which is great and gives you good information and kind of their take on why this particular movie is a classic film or a great movie. So again, this is my unsolicited plug. Maybe one day when the podcast gets big, I'll get a Criterion collection uh, sponsor to sponsor the show, which would be great. But even without that, it's great. If there's movies that you love on Criterion, definitely check it out. I know they have a channel where you can watch them streaming, but definitely uh, purchase the Blu-rays if you want to have tangible copies of really classic movies. I know they're actually going to finally put out Citizen Kane uh, on Criterion, so I'll definitely be getting that. That's, of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, I'll definitely be purchasing that when it comes out. So again, it's on Criterion. So back to the cast. So as I stated, the main cast is Holly Hunter, William Hurt, and uh, comedian Albert Brooks, comedian actor Albert Brooks. The cast also includes Robert Prosky, great character actor, late character actor, uh, Lois Childs, uh, Joan Cusack, another great character actor and of course the sister of john cusack and uh paul moore so the star of the movie is is holly hunter so she plays jane craig and as the movie opens you get flashbacks of the three main characters as children and it starts with jane craig's character and you see her as a little girl talking to her dad and you can see she's a type a very intelligent very smart very quick uh young lady and uh, you get her backstory of their personality. And then it goes to um, Aaron Altman, played by Albert Brooks, uh, who is a nerdy, smart um, person that obviously is, is socially awkward. Uh, they show him in, in basically being bullied and in uh, and, and grammar school. Um, and then you end with William Hurt playing Tom Grinick. And his uh, his uh, his opening scene when he's a little kid is is kind of funny because they set him up you know he's a good looking kid um doesn't very make good doesn't get very good grades he's not very intelligent 
And uh, there's a scene with his dad who's driving a truck and he's telling him, you know, how, you know, the teachers love him in school and everybody says that he looks handsome and stuff like that. So it, it basically sets the table, the sets the stage for the three main characters of this film. So the film flashes forward to the present. And uh, so Jane is a producer for Network News. Uh, she's based out of D.C. And um, as the movie opens, uh, they uh, are talking about stories and kind of it really goes in behind the behind the scenes in the network newsroom. So I know James O. Brooks had background as uh, as I believe a producer in television news, because if you go to back to the Mary Tyler Moore show, which he created and produced, uh, that was a backstage basically news comedy as well, because uh, obviously Mary was working at a news station. And it was kind of the behind the scenes. So broadcast news is kind of an uh, an offshoot of that, just obviously on a bigger scale, telling a bigger story. And uh, Aaron, played by Albert Brooks, is like I said, is a is a hard nosed reporter, uh, very skilled at what he does. He's a fantastic writer, uh, and uh, and he's looking for more. Though he's ambitious, he wants to become an anchor, but uh, unfortunately, his skill set doesn't really lend itself to the anchor chair. Uh, he writes beautiful uh, prose for the for the anchors to read, and he writes his own stuff well and does his own field reporting beautifully, but uh, he just unfortunately doesn't have that skill. And again, as the movie opens, we see Jane at a convention, uh, or a, yeah, kind of a convention speaking uh, about the, the threat to network news. With the th And this is one of the things that's prescient about about broadcast news. And I'll get into it when I kind of wrap up my review and why I love this film so much. But she makes a speech about how entertainment is crossing over into hard news and how that's really going to kind of destroy news as we know it. And it's funny how that's become kind of true, where entertainment has kind of taken over news. So just to have that back in 1987, I think was pretty, um, pretty prescient and, and, and ended up being very true. So she's making this speech and her delivery is not exactly exciting. And, and the audience is pretty much bored to tears with the exception of Tom Grunick played by William Hurt, who's sitting in the audience, just transfixed by uh, her speech. And then after the speech is over and everybody's gone, uh, Tom comes in, introduces himself to her and tells her how much she loved this or he loved her speech. So they go out for a drink and uh, it looks like it's headed towards uh, a one night stand. And then one of the, one of the many great scenes in the movie, and I'll, I'll quote some of the great scenes in this movie. And believe me, I'll, I'll give you a couple. There's so many others that, that believe me, there's no, there's no spoilers I'm going to be giving, but uh, you know, after they go have a drink or two, uh, it, they, uh, she invites him back to her place. And it appears that she's getting ready to have a one night stand with him. She's looking forward to doing it. And then they go into a conversation where Tom starts to talk about how he's, struggling because he's not that smart and that he he wants to do you know he doesn't know what to do they keep giving him these great jobs because he's you know he's good looking in front of the camera he can read the teleprompter and he's basically given kind of a woe is me where and then jane calls him out and says i don't want to hear it if you want to get better get better do the work stop complaining about how great you have and, and become a better reporter so basically throws a wet blanket on the whole one night stand and he leaves. So of course she's frustrated with herself and, um, and how that basically just blew that one night stand. And one of the great things about this film and what a great writer James L. Brooks is, is 
there's several scenes in the movie where Jane's character just starts crying out of the blue. She's just sitting there and then just starts weeping. And I think in a lesser film that wasn't as well written, I think some people would take that as a sexist portrayal of a woman that, uh, you know, all, all women cry when they get emotional and, and it's really not done that way. It's kind of beautifully done because she's so focused on what she does and she's so good at what she does. And, uh, it's probably the best of what she does. And when you see her do this, it's, it literally comes off as kind of a cathartic, uh, way for her to kind of cope. It's a coping mechanism. It doesn't, it, it never signaled to me, even when I saw the movie back in 1987, it never signaled to me a sign of weakness or a sign of, of it being a male director portraying a female as someone that's just emotional and cries. And actually she's quite the opposite. Actually her emotions are always kept in check. And I think these are the few times that they come out uh, randomly because like, you know, naturally when you have stuff bottled up, it comes out in some kind of way. So again, it was just beautifully done how just things like that. And just the characters are all well drawn out. Uh, as far as uh, Albert Brooks um, as Aaron Altman, he's fantastic. Look, I'm a big fan of Aaron, of Albert Brooks anyway. Uh, one of his films, Defending Your Life, is one of my favorites, and I'll review that for another episode as well. Uh, he, I think he's super talented, super great writer, super great director, and really good actor here. I don't know if he's ever been better than in this movie. Uh, he's phenomenal in this film as Aaron Altman. And uh, William Hurt is also phenomenal as Tom Grunick. He plays the, plays, you know, the the kind of the dim bulb, good looking anchor that kind of just breezes into a uh, uh, upward trajectory in his career. So that's basically the setup of the film. And one of the things that's beautiful about broadcast news, and this is, again, a testament to the writing and directing skill of James L. Brooks. And you see it in all of his all of his work. But in this movie specifically, this is almost three different movies and a lot of times when a movie has three different tone not tones but three different specific ways it goes that usually means it's not a very good movie that means it's disjointed or it, there's no there's a lack of focus but in this case for me anyway when i especially when i rewatched it broadcast news is three things to me it's a romantic comedy a straight up comedy and a drama there are there are very strong elements of all three of those in this movie, and they're all executed beautifully. There's no wild swings and tones. It's actually it's so beautifully written, and and the characters are so drawn out, you know, drawn out so well, written so well. And again, like in any well written movie, this movie has a deep well of characters. So like even characters that you barely see in the movie are well done, well acted, the scenes are well written. So when you have a fourth, fifth and sixth character in a movie that gets your attention because of the uh, because of the great writing and the actor that's portraying it, it's just that just is a testament to how great this movie is. And you have characters all the way down the line from the from the lead three actors to the to the supporting actors like I said you have Robert Prosky and I didn't even mention you get the uncredited Jack Nicholson in the film as the main anchor in New York. So he's in it as well. Obviously, you know, following up his turn with James L. Brooks uh, in in terms of endearment, which he won a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for, deservedly so, playing the astronaut. But he's here in this movie in an uncredited small role as the network anchor. And he's, the few scenes that he's in, of course, he's fantastic because he's Jack Nicholson. But there is some brutally funny lines in the movie. There's another great scene where they decide that Jane decides to make a last minute edit 
uh, and add a video, um, a little video piece that cuts to a Norman Rockwell painting that's similar to the last scene of the story that they're reporting on a veteran returning home. And the mad dash that Joan Cusack runs through the studio to get the tape into the tape machine, get it edited before and get it to New York. So it's ready live at the end of that story. Just stuff like that. That's hilarious. It's it's behind the scenes newsroom stuff. It's hilarious stuff. It's dramatic stuff. Uh, as the movie progresses, you start to find out about uh, and this is what was happening in the late 80s and in, in movie in, in the news industry. Budgets were being cut as the entertainment news is becoming more popular and newsrooms were getting downsized and very talented people were let go. And you see that portrayed in this movie as well. And that's really a lot of the more heavy, dramatic stuff. And then the romantic, the romantic comedy aspect of it is you have a triangle. You have Jane, who's both attracted to Tom and kind of repulsed by Tom, because basically Tom is everything is an embodiment of everything that she's rejecting. Everything that she sees is happening. That's bad in news. It's just, you know, vapid, no substance, no intelligence, no caring for what the news is. And Aaron, who of course is in agreement with Jane, of course, Aaron is basically in love with Jane, but Jane doesn't reciprocate that back to him. They're close friends. They're very close. And uh, so that you have that kind of that triangle there. And of course, obviously he has issues with Tom. And when he sees Tom, and Jane have this attraction to each other. Of course, he's not happy about that either. And again, the romantic comedy angle is is presented in a non, and you know, I'm not a fan of romantic comedies. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm not really a big fan of romantic comedies at all. There are very few that are that are well executed. And in here, it everything seems it's grounded in reality. So the romantic uh, subplot is grounded in reality. It's well executed. There's nothing contrived about it at all so again that's what i'm saying this, this film is a very rare movie that it pulls off three different genres and all of them beautifully again a, a heavy drama a romantic comedy and a straight-up comedy because there's some like i said there's some lunacy in it uh there's some very heartfelt moments in it as well and there's some really serious drama all three of these elements are in this film and that's why this film is fantastic and uh again on the rewatch because uh, i always you know, there's always a concern when you haven't seen a movie in a long time. And I haven't seen broadcast news. I think actually um, I was working at the movie theater when this came out in 1987. So I think I saw it. I saw it in the movies and I think I saw it twice in the movies. And then maybe I've seen it once since then, um, either rented it or something. And then, like I said, until I rewatched it for this for this episode. And I'm so happy to say that it holds up beautifully. And again, I think this movie, when it came out, it didn't do particularly well if i remember correctly um it's even with the awards it wore, uh, the new york's film critic circle when i was looking up some of the awards it was winning it won for best director best film i don't think the academy though um really was um into this particular movie like it was with with his previous film terms of endearment which won a bunch of oscars uh but this movie i think is just as strong as terms of endearment it is fantastic. The three lead performances are very good. Like I said, especially, look, Holly Hunter's great. This was actually her breakout role. And it's funny. It's one of those Hollywood stories. Deborah Winger, who starred in Brooks's previous film, Terms of Endearment, was actually going to play Jane, but she got pregnant. So she wasn't able to do the movie. So then Holly Hunter ended up stepping in. And I can't imagine anybody else other than Holly Hunter playing this character. So Holly Hunter is great. As I said before, um, Robert Brooks' Aaron Oldman is fantastic as well. Uh, there's a great scene 
where he finally gets an opportunity to become the weekend anchor. And I'm not going to tell you what happens because it's, it's just, it's, it's funny and sad at the same time. And the scene after the scene, he, 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 um, does his anchor uh, shift on Saturday night. And then he goes to find Jane to give her the postmortem of it. That's one of the best scenes in the movie too. Just the way he encapsulates everything that happened during that broadcast. And like I said, I'm not going to tell you what happens because you have to watch it. It, it. So that scene and the scene after that, when he tells her what happens uh, is, is just phenomenal acting, phenomenal writing. And it kind of leads into the third act of the movie. And again, it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie with fantastic performances uh, by everyone involved and, and no spoilers again. And then when you get to the end of the movie, because of course, you know, when there's a love triangle, the question always ends up, who is she going to end up with? Who is, is it, is she going to end up with Tom? Is there any hope for, for, with Aaron and her? It's almost irrelevant, but you'll see what happens at the end of the movie. And I think the end of the movie is true to the characters and is the way it should end. And I'll leave it at that. But again, just like everything else in the movie, it's, there's nothing, there's not a false note in the movie. You know, usually when I do these reviews, I tell you what I like and I tell you what I don't like. So I've basically given you everything I like. Uh, As far as anything I don't like, there is nothing that I don't like. There's nothing in this film that I had a problem with. There's nothing that I thought needed to be changed. It's it's a it's a perfect movie in that sense. Uh, There there is a scene I will say a little spoiler that and this is why what I love about well-written movies. This didn't even have to be in the movie. It had it doesn't move the plot along. It doesn't do anything but just provide a moment of just hilarity. There's two songwriters that pop in in the middle of this madness in the in the newsroom, and they're pitching a new news theme for the news. So they they've got you know it's two guys. One's got a keyboard. The other guy's trying to trying to say the notes. You'll love that scene as well because when they do the what what they composed as the song. It's just, you could see it totally being a new song and it's just the way it's done is so funny. And it's a scene that's laugh out loud funny that has nothing to do with the plot that doesn't advance any kind of plot in any way. But it's just a scene that's put in there to show, again, kind of the realistic background of what goes on in a newsroom. And it's just funny. And that's what I'm saying. A well-written movie can just throw stuff in there like that that has nothing to do with advancing the plot and still be something that you remember because it was funny. And that's what's so great about this movie. And as I stated at the top of the podcast, there's so few movies now that you get to see in theaters that are uh, adult-driven, R-rated dramas that tell adult stories uh, about real people doing stuff that's not, you know, flying in the air or superhero stuff. Again, nothing against those movies. I'm the first one to go see a Marvel film. But it's great to kind of see adult dramas. And this is one of those that represented. And like I said, when I saw it in 1987, I loved it. When I rewatched it again, I loved it just as much. So uh, obviously, based on this review here, going into my Van Goghs, I'm giving James L. Brooks's broadcast news five Van Goghs out of five. Again, I highly recommend this movie. Again, I'll pop this up again. Second plug for Criterion. It's available on Criterion Blu-ray. Um, I'm sure you can rent it on Amazon. If you're not going to buy a copy, you can rent it on Amazon or wherever you get uh, video on demand. But if you have not seen this film, uh, especially if you've seen Terms of Endearment or any of his other films, I didn't even mention his 1997 film, As Good As It Gets, also starring Jack Nicholson, who won another Best Actor Oscar uh, for that film, Him and Helen Hunt, which is another really good movie uh, as well. So James L. Brooks, super talented. 
uh, super great writer. Just a, and this is just a great film. And like I said, I think Broadcast News is one of these movies that I think a lot of people don't know about. Uh, unless you're a really hardcore movie buff or a really hardcore fan of James L. Brooks or any of the actors involved, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, uh, and uh, Albert Brooks. But again, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. You will enjoy it. It's got something for everybody. And don't let the fact that it's about the news scare you off. It's it's a great comedy, and it's very funny, and there's some great dramatic moments. And like I said, it's a good romantic comedy, too. It's all three of those things rolled in one. It's very rare that you get a movie that pulls off three things that beautifully. So I would highly recommend it. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, I would rewatch it. Like I said, on my rewatch, it's been, like I said, probably 25 years since I've seen it. And when I rewatched it last week, it was just as phenomenal as I remembered it before. So again, I'm giving broadcast news five Van Goghs out of five. So uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. If you're going to watch the show now or watch it later, uh, thank you. Uh, again, you can find the show wherever you get audio podcast. Uh, you can get it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, and Podbean. Uh, so you can find it there. You can always download every episode of the show, whatever you'd like to listen to, on the show's website. That's uh, letmebendyourear.com. The email for the show is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. You can watch these videos that I record for each episode on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe there. It's let me bend your ear podcast. You can also uh, like the Facebook page where the videos are there as well. That is all going to be found under let me bend your ear. The Twitter page for the podcast is at bend your ear pod. The videos are also there. If you want to watch it on Twitter, that's fine as well. And if you have Twitch, uh, you can watch the live episodes as I record them. They're not their archive, but you can watch it. If you happen to be on Twitch while I'm on live, uh, you'll get a notification if you follow the show. That's at Bend Your Ear Pod as well. And again, if you like the show and want to help uh, get a bigger audience, please um, rate and review on any podcasting app that you listen to the show on. And also share my post if you can on Twitter. Uh, that's where I interact the most. I'm also on Instagram at Bend Your Ear Pop, but I really uh, uh, interact the most probably on Twitter. So if you uh, follow me there, I'll follow you back. Uh, if you see my post on new episodes like this one, uh, if you could share it and like it, that would be fantastic. And I would really appreciate it. So again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast, a movie podcast by a movie lover. And I'm very excited to announce, I'm going to plug my next episode that's going to be recording soon. It is my third annual. Halloween special. So if you're not familiar with the Halloween specials, I've done two so far. My co-host for that episode is Neve from the United Kingdom. She is a author and she writes the crime in my pocket blog. So definitely check out her blog. If you are into true crime, she's a very good writer. She researches these crimes and has a very easy going writing style. It's very easy to read her her blogs of these cases and they're very fascinating so if you do have any interest in true crime definitely check her out you can follow her at crime in my pocket she is going to co-host with me neve is also a super super horror movie fan so for me the horror movie genre i do like some horror movies i'm not a horror movie buff but uh when i decided to do these halloween specials i i reached out to her because i'm like it'll be fun to do it with someone that's a hardcore horror fan. So it's been some of my most popular episodes. So the third annual one is going to be the next episode after this one. We are going to be reviewing two movies. We're going to be reviewing the new movie, Halloween Kills. And as per tradition, the second movie we're going to be reviewing is a John, uh, coincidentally, a John Carpenter movie. Even though obviously John Carpenter doesn't direct 
this version of Halloween. He's, uh, I think, an executive producer, so he's been in. He's got his name on it at least in the executive producer role in these these um, new three films that are coming out. I know Halloween Kills is out now, and then Halloween Ends, I think, is coming out next year. Uh, but we're going to be reviewing Halloween Kills, and then we're going to be reviewing an older John Carpenter film. I'm not going to say right now. I'm going to surprise you. You'll you'll know when the um, when the show comes out, or if you watch it live when we record. Uh, it's going to be an early morning um, Eastern time, I think, on Sunday around seven o'clock in the morning, uh, because obviously with her being in the UK, she's a little bit ahead. Uh, so it'll be an early morning if you want to jump on. So then you'll find out which other movie you're going to be reviewing. So it'll be Halloween Kills, and another film directed by John Carpenter. So I am very much looking forward to that episode. Like I said, it's one of my most popular downloaded episodes. So looking forward to doing this annual uh, episode that we do. So again, thank you for listening to Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, my name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, have friends or family that would love a new movie podcast, please recommend this one. I would appreciate it. And again, if you want to email the show, it's bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to hit me up on Twitter, the handle is at Bend Your Ear Pod. I love talking movies with uh, fellow movie buffs and uh, really enjoy that. And of course, I enjoy doing this podcast. So again, I hope everybody has a fantastic week and please be on the lookout for this episode and our next episode, the third annual Halloween special. Everybody have a fantastic week. Take care.